0: Welcome to the Uncle Eric Presents Crime Fiction Podcast, featuring classic radio shows, crime, murder mysteries, and suspense shows. We're so glad you tuned in for this current classic episode. But first, a few show comments and episode notes from Uncle Eric. Welcome back, folks, to
1: another exciting episode from the Uncle Eric Presents series. Today, we visit Richard Diamond, private detective. This episode is titled The Eight O'Clock Killer a killer calls Detective Diamond with his gruesome intentions. He must be stopped. Richard Diamond, Private Detective, played by Dick Powell, is an American detective drama which aired on the radio from 1949 to 1953, and on television from 1957 to 1960. He's a wisecracking former police officer turned private detective. Richard Diamond is brought to you by our friends at BoomerFlix.com. At BoomerFlix, you can watch hundreds of the old classic television shows, along with tons of the old classic romance, horror, western, and sci-fi movies as well. Now, enjoy this great episode, The 8 O'Clock Killer, with Richard Diamond,
2: Private Detective. Now your Rexall family druggist brings you a transcribed half hour with Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell.
3: (laughs)
4: ain't Richard Diamond,
5: the smiling gumshoe. Well, if it ain't Sergeant Otis, the laughing hyena. The lieutenant in? Yeah,
4: go on in and spoil his afternoon.
5: You know, Otis, I think you've got the kindest, most wonderful face in the whole wide world. You do? Absolutely. But I do wish you'd do me a favor.
4: Well, sure, anything.
5: Stop wearing it upside down. Hello, Walt.
4: Hello, Rick. Sit down. Oh,
5: thanks, thanks. Uh, What's doing?
4: Want a sandwich?
5: Mm, I'll take some of that coffee.
4: Sure. Something on your mind, Rick? No, just got tired of sitting
5: around the office. No business. Not in a week. Hmm. Got any
4: sugar? Oh yeah, I forgot. Here. Yeah, Otis.
1: Lieutenant, I got some guy on the phone who won't give me his name. Says he wants to talk to you. Matter of life and death.
4: Okay, put him on. Right. Homicide, Lieutenant Levinson.
1: I'm going to say this once, so listen carefully. Tonight, somewhere in New York City, I'm going to kill a man and there's nothing you can do about it. What? Promptly at 8 o'clock, somewhere in this city, I'm going to kill a man.
4: Hello? Hello? Something wrong? Some guy says he's going to kill somebody at 8 o'clock tonight. Oh, dandy. Crank. You say who his victim is going to be?
5: No, just a crank. I should have humored him. Made suggestions.
4: My landlord,
5: for instance. Be a little gruesome if he really did it. Yeah. You'd have a hard time protecting eight million people from a killer you don't know anything about. it was just a crank.
4: Otis. Yellow cut. If that guy calls back, put him through and trace the call. Right. It sure would be miserable if that call was on the level.
5: Oh, relax. I'll have some more coffee. I had some more coffee. Walt worried a little, not a lot. Because a big precinct caters to a good number of cranks every day. We talked about old times, and around six, I matched Walt for dinner. He stuffed himself at the automat until I ran out of change and begged for mercy. Then he dropped me off at my flat on 53rd and went back to the precinct. I showered, shaved, slipped into my blue suit, and headed for the door. Yeah.
4: Do me a favor, will you, Rick?
5: You got to stop stuffing yourself, Walt. You sound like you got indigestion.
4: I'm down at the morgue. Meet me here, please.
5: Oh, now look, I got a date with a live one.
4: I'm in on the start of some troubles, It's liable to grow. That guy who called made good. He stabbed a man to death on Broadway at eight o'clock. <laughs> Yes, Lieutenant Hello, Walt Hi, Rick Thanks for coming down Okay, Hal Who is he? Or, uh, who was he? Brother identified him Abraham Weiss Stabbed in the heart from behind with a long, thin instrument
5: On Broadway at 8 o'clock
4: That's right A dozen people saw him stagger to the curb and fall Most of them just thought he was drunk
5: You think your boy on the phone did it?
4: Eight o'clock, right on the nose. Whoever did it must have walked up behind him, jabbed him just below the left shoulder blade, and kept on walking.
5: What do you want me for, Wolf?
4: If this guy on the phone did kill Abraham Weiss and we can't find a motive, that's a little more than a simple killing. We may be mixed up with a madman.
5: Oh, so I qualify in that league.
4: You're one of the few guys who really is interested in criminal psychology. Well,
5: I think it's the answer. You can't stop something unless you know
4: the cause. But you give me a hand, Rick? Sure, sure. I've got Weiss's family at the station. Let's go see them.
3: Why? Why, Lieutenant? Why did this happen to Abe?
4: That's what we're going to try and find out, Mrs. Weiss. We were hoping you might help us.
3: He didn't didn't have any enemies. He was a good man. We have three children. I left them with Mrs. Villotti, my neighbor.
4: It's going to be hard on them...
5: You're sure your husband didn't know it?
4: No. He didn't have any enemies. He was a good husband and a good father. Everybody liked
3: him. Why, well, only last week, Mrs. Dowd up the speech room. Told him...
5: We'd like a list of your brother's friends, Mr. Weiss. Where he worked. People he had business with. Anyone you can remember who might give us a lead. been sitting out there thinking
1: about that. There just isn't anyone that I know would want to kill Abe. He was a good guy, did his job, took care of Louise and the kids. He didn't bother nobody.
4: How long were Louise and Abe married? For, uh,
1: no, six years. Maybe a little more.
4: Nice girl, Louise. Oh, the best. Good wife. What happens to her now? I'll take care of her.
5: You're not married, huh?
4: No. Quite a job taking care of a widow and three kids. I'm doing all right. It's the least I can do. You got a girl?
5: Yeah, Why? Maybe you're going to get married, huh? Well, I'm engaged. I've been thinking about it.
4: It'll have to wait for a while, I guess. Until Louise gets back on her feet. Okay. Tell us about some of your brother's friends. Well, I guess his best friend was Art Brearley. They were often close for years.
5: He told us about everyone he could think of. Gave us a dozen names and addresses we could check. Like Louise... Martin couldn't figure why anyone would want to kill Abraham Weiss. The next was Mrs. Rebecca Weiss, tired. The hurt in her eyes, enough for all the mothers who had raised a son
4: and lost him. We'll try not to keep you too long, Mrs. Weiss.
3: It's all right, Lieutenant.
4: You want to help? Would you like a glass of water? No, no. Then will
1: I be able to see Manson? It's right that I should see Manson.
4: A few questions first, if you don't mind.
1: I know you're trying to help. Just a few questions. As many as you like, Lieutenant.
5: Not long with Mrs. Rebecca Weiss. Nothing that would help to catch her son's killer. So we checked the people who had known Abraham. And there were plenty. His boss gave us a few more names to add to the long list. All of them friends who couldn't imagine why anyone would want to kill a nice guy like Abe. At 7.30 the next morning, Walt looked at reports and poured more coffee.
4: Here. I'll put sugar in it. Ah, thanks. If that phone call was on the level, why would a guy kill like that? Call us and tell us he was going to do it. What would be his reason? Uh, Well, couldn't guess.
5: But if that guy who called did do the killing, you can bet he'll phone again. Why? Well, he bragged he was going to do it. He'll want the credit.
4: Well, I gotta get some rest. A Couple hours anyway. Let's both get a couple.
3: Sorry.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Sorry.
5: That doesn't matter. Lousy dream. What time is it?
4: Five o'clock.
5: Oh, I died, didn't I?
4: Our boy called again.
5: Oh? You trace it?
4: Phone booth in Grand Central.
5: What do you have to say?
4: Not much. Wanted to know how we liked his handiwork.
5: What's a good answer to that one?
4: Well, I said a few things, but I guess he figured we weren't satisfied, so he promised he'd kill somebody else tonight. <laughs> No. Here. Yeah.
5: Hmm. Fiend terrorizes city. Unknown killer murders at
4: will. Police baffled. Everybody's on my back. Exactly. What did he say? You want to hear? I made a recording. Let's hear it. Okay, Otis, put him on.
1: Hello, Lieutenant. Yeah, What do you think now, Lieutenant?
4: I
0: did what
1: I said I was going to do, didn't I? Look, who is this? The man who called yesterday and said he was going to kill someone at 8 o'clock last
4: night. I don't believe it. Well, certainly you do.
1: You'd like to stall so you can have this call traced. Well, you'd better listen. I want everybody to know just how stupid the police force really is. I'm going to kill again tonight, and there's nothing you can do about
4: it. Look, you, whoever you are, if it's the last thing I ever do, I'll... Tonight
1: at 8, another innocent victim will... Die
2: because the police can do nothing about it. Hello! Hello! Otis! The call came from a phone booth
4: in Grant. He said another innocent victim. Yeah, so he's a nut. For some reason, he hates the police force. There's your motive. Well, I guess
5: it's possible, but something sticks in my craw.
4: Yeah? What? Eight o'clock. Why well, pick eight o'clock both times? Well, I guess, like you said, he wants the credit we will liable to get a couple of killings in an evening. He wants us to be sure which one he did. Okay, so he makes it 8 o'clock the first time. Why the second?
5: Why not 6 or 7 or 10 or... Just following
4: a pattern, I guess. Uh, maybe so. Well, what do we do? I got every man possible on the streets. But Rick, let's face it, this is a pretty big city. And at 6, 2 and even, if he does kill again, it won't be anywhere near the scene of his first stabbing.
5: I guess we just wait.
4: Yeah, a little over an hour to go. So
5: we waited. Walt got the coffee going and I went through a whole package of cigarettes. Somewhere in the middle of New York, probably on a crowded street, a man was walking. Waiting like we were for eight o'clock. Waiting to stab someone through the heart. Waiting for eight o'clock.
4: Want coffee? No. Give me a cigarette. You don't smoke. Want a bet? Ah here. Got a match?
5: Got a lighter. Ah, this is no good.
4: Yeah. Let's go. Where to? Entrance to Madison Square Garden. Man stabbed to death in the crowd going into the fights. Right at eight (laughs) o'clock.
2: Now you can get five times the established daily requirement of all vitamins with known minimums in one formula. It's Rexall 5X Multivitamins, a marvelous new product direct from the world-famous Rexall Laboratories. In this new, carefully balanced formula, Rexall scientists have provided a tablet that is five times stronger than the minimum daily requirement of all vitamins with established minimums, plus red crystalline b 12 Rexall family druggists are so anxious for you to reap the benefits of this amazing new vitamin formula that they invite you to try it for 10 days at their cost. They offer you a 10-day trial size, a regular $1.79 value in itself, free of extra cost, with a purchase of the regular bottle of 50, both for only $6.95. If after 10 days you do not notice a marked difference in your general health and well-being, Return the unopened bottle of 50 tablets, and your full purchase price will be refunded. Take advantage of this special introductory offer on Rexall 5X multivitamins, the tablets that give you five times the established daily requirement of all vitamins with known minimums, plus red crystalline B12. Ask for 5X multivitamins at Rexall drugstores everywhere. And now back to tonight's adventure with Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell.
5: A man murdered going into Madison Square Garden to see the fights. Stabbed through the heart while he stood in the middle of the large crowd. We went through the same routine, identify the body, question witnesses who had been close to him, see his friends anyone who knew him
4: name's Leon Ellis small-time fight manager no family handles a young kid named Billy Martin wasn't fighting last night
5: at 10 o'clock the next morning we found Billy Martin working at the East Side gym we talked to him for a while but he couldn't help much so we kept going making our list of names talking to everyone all morning and into the afternoon by 4:30 we were holding each other up.
4: Look, we're working with a madman who kills anybody close to him so he can show how helpless we are to stop him. The whole city's in a panic. The newspapers are blasting everybody in the department, yours truly in particular. Yeah? I got him on the line again. He even bragged to me about this last killing. Trace it as fast as you can. Right. Start that recorder, Rick. It's our boy again. Okay. Go ahead. Fifth Precinct, Lieutenant Levinson. You can skip the formalities, Lieutenant. Lieutenant. Your sergeant told you who was on the line.
1: Well, I did it again last night, didn't I,
4: Lieutenant? Okay, so we can't stop you. I admit it. I'll admit it to the papers. That should make you happy. The police department can't do anything about it. That's what you want, isn't it? Again tonight, Lieutenant. One more person will die. Now, wait a minute. At least give me a chance to talk to you. While you
1: trace the call? No. Tonight at 8 o'clock, and you can't stop
4: me. Hello? Yeah...
3: All came from a phone booth in Rockefeller Center.
4: Fixed the right place to call from. We'd look pretty silly rounding up everybody in Rockefeller Center. Walt looked sick. and
5: I felt it. What could we do? We knew nothing about our killer or where he'd strike next. Walt called in the reporters and gave them the story. The papers would blast at the department. But it was the best way to warn the public to stay off the streets. The pipe was alerted. Radio stations were given bulletins to broadcast. And Walt and I climbed into a prowl car and started cruising. At 8 5, it came in.
3: Attention,
2: all units in the vicinity of Zone 12. A 211 in front of 415, West 64th.
4: 415, William, 64. Ambulance, dead body. Car 73, come in, please. 73, go ahead. To 11 at 415, West sixty four is a stabbing lieutenant. Roger. That's it, Rick.
5: The victim was an elderly man dressed expensively and lying face down on the sidewalk. Again, no witnesses to the killing. Most of the people who had seen the man fall realized almost immediately what had happened because of the publicity on the last two killings. But like one man said...
2: Well, how are you going to see who killed him in a crowd like this? Maybe a hundred people on the block when it happens. Boy, you guys better start doing
3: something.
4: Yes, sir? Does Mr. Arthur Reeves live here? Yes, sir, but Mr. Reeves is not in at the moment. I'm from the police. Lieutenant Levinson, homicide.
1: Homicide?
4: I'd like to talk with everybody in the house. Certainly, sir.
1: Has something happened to Mr. Reeves?
4: He's been murdered. Oh, no. No, not Mr. Reeves. How many people in the house? Myself, the maid, and Mr. George Reeves, Mr. Reeves' nephew. Tell him I'd like to talk
5: with him. And we talked with the three people in the dead man's house the maid, the butler, and George Reeves, the nephew.
3: I warned him not to take his walk tonight. I showed him the papers.
5: Did he usually take walks at night?
3: That's for the past 15 years.
4: Know why anyone would want to kill him?
3: Mr. Reeves? Of course not. You
1: know very good and well it was that fiend what did it.
4: How about you? Can you think of why anyone would want to kill your employer? No, sir. I've been with Mr. Reeves for over 20 years.
2: I'm acquainted with most of his friends and associates. Look here. I can assure you that my uncle knew no one who would want to kill him.
5: You're his nephew?
2: That's right. Your uncle took walks every night?
5: Yes, every night. Now, well, if you don't mind, we'd like you all to come down at the station to make statements.
4: Okay, we got the statements and other list of names and a long one. None of these killings tie together. Nobody on the first list has any connection with anybody on the second list. Let's face it, if that madman calls again, we can't stop him.
5: Oh, take it easy, Well, can we? I want to talk to the maid, the butler, and the nephew again.
4: Why? It's just the same as all the others. I want to talk to them, okay? I'm sorry. Getting jumpy. No, you're tired. So am I. Otis, send in the maid. What
5: are you doing? Fixing the recorder. I may want to listen to it again. So we again talked to the maid, then the butler, then the nephew, and the tape recorder picked up everything they said, and it sounded very much like everything everybody else had said after the first two killings. Walt let them go home and went up to talk to the commissioner. When he came back, he looked pretty discouraged.
4: I'm sure on the griddle. turn turning my badge.
5: I want you to listen to something.
4: Oh, sure.
5: I've cut out sections of tape, stuck them together. Mr. Reeves took walks every night after dinner, and dinner was always at seven?
1: That's
3: right.
5: Then he always left sometimes close to eight?
1: Yes, seven-thirty or a quarter to eight.
5: He was never gone more than half an hour? No. What time did he leave tonight? About a quarter to eight. Weren't you worried when he didn't come back within half an hour? Certainly. Both the maid and I were very anxious. Were you all in the house between a quarter of eight and the time we arrived? Yes, sir. Where was Mr. Reeves' nephew? In his room. He went up right after dinner. How wealthy was your employer?
1: He was very wealthy.
5: Mr. Reeves, who inherits your uncle's fortune? Why, I do. Was Mr. Reeves ever longer
2: than half an hour with his walks?
1: Never more than a few minutes, one way or the other.
2: Who handles your uncle's affairs, Mr. Reeves? Richard B. Gregg. He's been my uncle's attorney for many years.
3: Young Mr. Reeves has
1: always been excitable. Gotten a lot of trouble in the past.
2: Yes, he argued with his uncle many times. No, Mr. Reeves didn't come down and ask why his uncle had been gone so
1: long. Certainly, I worried about my uncle, but I thought he might have stopped along the way for something or other.
4: Okay, so you took out pieces of the testimony and stuck them together. So what? Just this. Every one of these
5: killings have taken place at 8 o'clock. I know, and it's worried you. Now, this is the first time that one of our victims was certain to be out on the streets at 8 o'clock.
4: Coincidence? Uh,
5: Maybe, maybe. Mr. Reeves was a wealthy man, very wealthy.
4: And the nephew gets his money, and the nephew was in his room at the time of the killing. Who saw him? The butler and the maid both say he was up there. So
5: he climbs out a window. His uncle was killed only two blocks from the house. Plenty of time to stab him, get
4: back through the window. You're really reaching out, aren't you?
5: Uh, sure I am.
4: What do you want me to do? Well, the nephew's voice certainly doesn't match the ones we got on the threatening phone calls. So he disguises it.
5: I got an idea. What? Let's put a tail on all three of these people anyway. It's not much. It's all we've got so far. I'm going out and check on something. <laughs> Well, here's something to will make your hair curl. I just saw the attorney for the Reeves estate, and he said the old man was planning on changing his will, leaving all his money to charity, not his nephew. He was supposed to meet with Mr. Reeves this morning. And Reeves gets killed last night.
4: Pretty convenient for the nephew. We can't arrest him on that. No, but it makes a good motive. You think the nephew would kill two men and then his uncle, just so it would look like a madman had picked out another innocent victim? you got to admit, it'd be pretty clever. There's an understatement. Yeah.
1: He's on the line again, Lieutenant. I'm tracing it.
4: Oh, no. Our boy again. There goes your theory. Hello? You can't do anything, Lieutenant. I've killed three men and you can't stop me. I'm
1: going to kill again tonight at eight.
4: Hello? Was him all right. Tonight at eight. Rick, we've just got to do... Yeah?
3: Call came from Grand Central again.
4: Okay. Okay. Well, what happens to your theory
5: now? Well, he might do it again. Expect you to react just this way. Uh, who's tailing George Reeves? Harrison. When does he report in again?
4: Checks in on the hour. Last time was about 20 minutes ago.
5: Mm, 40 minutes to go, huh? No way of contacting him? No. Nope. Okay, we wait.
4: Yeah? Yeah? Where was he at 4.46? Don't let him out of your sight. Well? At 4.46, George Reeves made a phone call from a booth in Grand Central Station. He's home now.
5: Well, we had something. A motive and a man calling from Grand Central, but not enough to make an arrest. We waited until 7 and then headed for the Reeves' house. The
4: area is surrounded. He'll have two men on him no matter where he goes. He's still in the house? According to Harrison. No, I want to do more than pick him up with a knife. Here he comes. Yeah. Climbing into his car. Attention, cars 31415. <clears throat> suspect heading east. Proceed east on your streets.
5: We tailed and him, advise. keeping in contact with the other cars as they stayed parallel. When Reeves turned off, we went on ahead, notified the car in our right or left to pick him up. That way Reeves wouldn't suspect a tail. About 7.30, we got a call that Reeves had parked. We headed for the spot in a hurry.
3: Suspect is heading north on Coulter.
5: Oh, get ahead of him. Park at the corner of Davis. We'll pick him up there. We stopped at the corner and got out of the car. We waited until we spotted Reeves walking in our direction and then let him pass and followed, staying close. We kept after him until five minutes to eight. He swung out on Broadway and was pushing his way through the crowd. Then it happened. Where'd he go? We've lost him. Come on.
4: Three minutes
3: lead.
2: Let us through, please.
3: Well, I never... Get out of the way. Who oh, you push. Look out, please.
2: You see him turn off? No, he's got to be... ball crossing the street. Let's
4: go. Reeves. What?
3: No.
2: Look out for the knife. No, no. Let, Let me go. go. Let me go. <laughs> Drop it. Okay
5: Yeah Here's the knife
4: Young man Young man What right have you got to hit That nice gentleman He was helping me Across
3: the street I have a good mind To report Lady, lady If
5: this man was helping you Across the street Just forget about him Go bet on a horse or something This is your lucky night
3: Richard Diamond, Private Detective,
2: stars Dick Powell in the title role and was written by Blake Edwards with music composed and conducted by Frank Worth. Dick Powell directed the RKO production Split Second, which is now in release, and his latest film appearance was in the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer Award-winning The Bad and the Beautiful. Richard Diamond, Private Detective, is transcribed in Hollywood by Jaime Del Valle. This is Bill Foreman inviting you to be with us next Sunday at this time When Rexall Drug Products again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective.